Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... I think the one thing that people will uh, always remember about Noah Rubin <laughs> is, um, you know, I think everybody the last week has just been so heartbroken uh, with with Roger Federer's retirement. Um, I think I think you're so giving of yourself that you wanted to give the masses something to cheer them up. <laughs> so you announced that you will no longer be playing tennis <laughs> yourself so that people would no longer have to go through that pain anymore. Also, and on a and that's note, very kind of you. <laughs> sold out of I hate Noah Rubin shirts in the past 24 hours. So <laughs> what a time. What a time to be alive, really. Um, oh, God. Uh, congratulations, I, I think. Um, how, yeah. how, are you at peace with things? Um, I'm at peace right now with the decision i'm trying not to think of the overall of what it means i think you know again the first sentence of we all know i've been kind of going back and forth with this for a couple of years now probably yeah even more um about how i felt towards tennis and how i felt tennis was going and how it was for me um and i think the initial piece is that i don't think i have to make it bigger than it is i'm just not enjoying myself doing it so i have to, i just have to stop and i think that's kind of the initial reaction was i just for me I, I can't do it right this second regardless of what i think i have left regardless of what i my where i think my talent could take me or the hard work whatever i just can't do it right now and, and that's it where are you going to start getting money 
That's yeah. that's actually a legitimate question. That's a legitimate that question. sounds that sounds snarky, but like, what's you know you you hinted there will be much more in store, but like yeah. realistically over the next let's say a year, I think that's the real kind of w- what people want to know is how how are you going to yes sustain things financially, but also you're a very competitive and driven individual. Where's that next step immediately um, as you start thinking about big picture? Yeah, I mean, there's there's one stable thing, stable-ish, that I can't go into yet. That's kind of that next step that uh, I'm going to leave for probably it's going to be next week coming, kind of coming out with that. Um, but for the rest, I mean, you know, as you know, as much as you make fun, I do work hard in the networking and, and my other projects. Behind the Racket is a true passion. Uh, the last paragraph, I was kind of alluding to it with uh, documentaries. Uh, there's a hope for a, a club that I want to kind of produce and build in New York. I mean, there's a lot of those projects, some big as a club or, or a little bit smaller as a, a documentary that we've been working on as well. I mean, you have the clothing line coming out and still a lot of passions within the world of tennis. Um, I'm going to take your job. So that's a... There's no chance you'll take my job. You 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 would be so bored sitting in one spot for ten hours at a time. You would yeah, we, hate if, it. If anybody saw me in Charlottesville, it was a tough go at it, and that was two people. Fifteen was, minutes, fifteen <laughs> minutes into commentary, and there's Noah like playing a game on his phone. You, you just couldn't do it. Yeah, I do. I do think. You and I would have fun on the radio side. I think that could be something that if we mm-hmm. did and kept, I needed like for my own uh, ADHD, I needed to keep going and on yeah, it and yeah. just no stop. Um, but it's funny because a lot of people have asked me about commentary broadcasting um, because they said, obviously, you know, the voice is fine, maybe not comparable to Mike, but you're you're much better looking. Um, That's true. They said TV and uh, no, and in all fairness, it's I don't know if it's something that I, I'm. I'm open to it, but it's not something that is necessarily a dream of mine. I think, you know, and I hate to say it, it there's there's a certain personality that you have to uphold on TV. It's a little bit of that stage-like presence. And, you know, I, I just, I, I want to shoot the shit. You know, I want to talk about what's actually happening. Um, I don't know if there's too many places uh, in tennis for that right now. But I can see working on a, a, a few things on the outside of that all all kidding aside i think it would be interesting to have you and prakash do like a a a show very similar to what what who's it sterling sharp and what's Mm. that that guy's name who i hate um (laughs) every time i see him i just want to punch whatever he's on you know who i'm talking about the guy who always says things that are wrong Uh, anyways uh my point my point being if in terms of shooting the shit i think that would be actually a really interesting way of going about it because you and prakash are both uh interesting and loud personalities in your own ways um that would yeah he's done well getting uh, some good interviews out of players when i've seen it and kind of you know getting down to the nitty-gritty a little bit more not even you know serious but just like what, what are you actually thinking? You know, what's actually right. going on? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a potential for that. It's not my first next step kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to see where I could take behind the rack into some of those ventures. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's always <laughs> fortunate enough to kind of uh, be in New York, see what I can do uh, in the meantime with just some quick lessons before, which is coming up in the next week or two you know, this next little step that I, uh, and I'm trying out as well. So, yeah. And, and I think it is important to say first off, well, two things, 
number one, I literally just told uh, my daughter, Marnie, um, on the phone. We were just FaceTiming. She's over at her mom's. And I, I told her you're about your announcement. And she actually was sad. Uh, and she said, tell him to stop retiring. Um, so... <laughs> Actually, I, I more do feel bad than she intends it to be. I feel bad that she never got to watch you play once, yeah, uh, like in person. I, I mean, she watched you on TV uh, right. several times, but um, yeah. that's that's one. And I guess the second part is you're not. I I got the sense from that notice, and also just our talking off microphone that you're not saying no, no chance of ever coming back. But it's also not something that's even in your mind at this moment. No, it's not. It's not something I'm thinking about it because, you know, I think that was my issue during COVID. And when everybody said, oh, there was a break there, you know, you, you, you even, you know, you played a few tournaments, but it's still you weren't playing much. That's not a break. That's not a real break for me as a tennis player. So, no, I'm not, again, then, I'm not shutting the door completely. But at the same point, you know, I'm not shutting the door completely because, you know, we've seen other players come back from two years and feel okay. And, you know, we're saying a year or two, I could be, you know, 28. It's not past my prime by any means but again right now where i'm at it's just not something i can dedicate my time to you know do i think i can kind of lead this and, and grind it out and be okay and be 120 in the world again yeah but that's not worth it for me right now you know i think yeah. if i want to do it and be top 50 in the world of where i think my game could be I have to kind of put myself in that dungeon. I have to really grind it out. I have to, you know, have the resources to, to have that team behind me. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot that have made me exhausted right now. And I think even with all uh, the chips falling in the right place with that team, I just mentally I'm not there right now and I can't waste that time. Well, I, I do I do get the sense that I think there are a lot of people, Noah, all kidding aside, who are um, – retirement – if you will, at, at, at mm -hmm. such a, a, a young age, I think there are always people who are who will question it and, and just wonder, you know, if it's right or not. And it's it's such an unfair thing for us to do on the outside, because ultimately all that matters is you. Um, but what I what I took out of just seeing, uh, you know, the initial response on social media is there are just so many people who are. Uh, you know, in in our collective worlds, mm -hmm. if you will, if I include myself in that, yeah. who certainly understand it and everybody seems to get it this is a hard life if you're not in the top 50 it's yeah. a hard life uh being away from friends and family and loved ones all the time and if if it's not fulfilling enough i don't think there's anybody who's been grinding uh, uh, on the challenger level for four or five years that doesn't understand what you right. have gone through over the last couple of years so i think there's there are you know i i I'll say for me, I will miss getting to see you play um, and, and that in that enjoyment when you were playing at that level that you're capable of. I miss seeing that joy on your face when you have that that moment, those moments. Um, but at the same time, I, I, too, completely understand and I am happy for you to be at peace with this moment. And that's ultimately the important thing. So no, I appreciate it. I was off. <laughs> um that was funny i got a, you know a lot more positive messages than i was um even hoping for but you know i was even getting messages from players saying i can't make that move right now it's something yep. that i've been pondering <clears throat> for some time you know kind of thing yeah. and almost like a jealousy which is ironic because i'm you know a, 
I wouldn't say jealous yet because I am at peace with it. But, you know, there's always going to be like, oh, you guys are getting ready for Australian Open or you guys are in yeah. San Diego right now. And there's always going to be part of that. And I'm just going to have to deal with that as it comes. But, you know, to see the jealousy from the other side um, of like, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm trying and I can't give it up yet or I, I can't take time off because this is what I have to do right now. But there's definitely a part of me that's tired and that yeah. needs to, you know, take a nap for a second. It's an ex- interesting juxtaposition, obviously, when you you do compare about the fact that you're retiring about a week um, from <laughs> Roger Federer's retirement yes. announcement. Um, although he's got Labor Cup coming up this week, still apparently a game time decision whether he'll be able to give it a go at all right. um, in London, which is, um, I don't know, it's it's. Uh, I want you, you obviously have had some, some interactions on and off court with Roger. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I think the thing that I will take, there are two things, one personal being that, uh, of the big four, if you will, he's the only one who I hadn't, haven't yet gotten to interview. Mm. And that's, that's kind of, yeah, uh, you know, like on the personal like level, it's just like, damn it. That's, I would love, I never got that moment. Um, two. Uh, there's three actually not just two (laughs) two um i i'm so saddened that um someone of that magnitude did not get to go out on his terms you know doing it doing it on court uh, competing like like serena did obviously at the open i'm 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 truly saddened that he didn't get to finish competing the way he wanted to (laughs) Um, he'll obviously have a farewell tour at some yeah. point and exhibitions and it'll be fun and enjoyable and everything. And then lastly, I'll just close with this quick story. I, I mentioned it briefly on, on Twitter the other day, but um, in 2006, I was, yeah, I know you were just being born. I know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> 2006, <laughs> right. Um, I, was, I was running websites for Rajiv Ram and Amir Delich. Mm-hmm. who played at Illinois and obviously Rajiv has still playing now, but uh, we, me and a couple of friends, we went to Wimbledon to watch qualifying. Amir was in qualifying. And so we wanted to kind of go and be there and support, take some pictures, do some stuff for the website, etc. Websites were actually a big deal at the time. Um, and, and we had had this guy who um, his name was Doug Dixon, who ran the locker rooms at Wimbledon Every year at the Champagne Challenger, Craig Tiley had invited Doug over um, to run the locker rooms at the Atkins Tennis Center for the Champagne Challenger. It's this like huge touch of class to have this guy coming from Wimbledon and like handling everything at, at the Atkins Tennis Center. It was amazing, but I made friends with him. And so I was going to be coming over and I said, Doug, is there is there any chance? I know it's the week before the tournament. Is there any chance that we could get like just a quick tour and just to see around and he was just, sure, no problem. It's great. Um, so me and a couple of friends who were not like huge tennis nerds, but like I was, right? And he gave us this incredible tour for about 45 minutes to an hour. Again, the week before Wimbledon mm-hmm. starts. Like busy, busy times. And as you know, Wimbledon qualifying off-site, Roehampton. Right. So it's, it's very quiet. There's nobody on the grounds. Um, as a result, like he let us just go next to center court and like touch, touch the grass. <laughs> like it was like, for me, I was just like, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Um, we were walking around, he was walking us to the locker rooms and like we turned the corner and there's Rafa hmm. with his, with his girlfriend 
uh, in 2006 and comes over and, you know, Doug, it's great to see you, hugs, shakes everybody's hands, you know, very polite, whatever. Um, and then we're, we're kind of finishing the tour and one of those walkways, those upper walkways between yeah. buildings at Wimbledon, uh, he just said, hey, guys, I got to go get to this. Just wait here for a second. I'll be, I'll be back and we'll get you out of here. And we could see off in, in the distance on one of the courts, there was just the, the only sound at Wimbledon. It was one ball being struck. And we could look out on one of the outer courts and it's fucking fed, man. Yeah. And we're just sitting there just like, I, I don't know who was on the other side of the court. I have no idea. But it was just so unmistakable, that form, that grace with which he was hitting mixed with the, the power. And just seeing there, it just being so close to that at, his, at these hallowed grounds of Wimbledon. And it was, I, I said on Twitter, it was like as close to heaven as I'm ever going to get. Like it was like a transcendent experience to be able to be that intimate with him for the one moment. Um, and I'll, I'll just never forget that. For, for the rest of my life, just that, I don't know, that feeling of getting to be that close to it. Um, you, yeah. on the other hand, got to be up close to it on Rod Laver Arena uh, in the second round of the Australian Open. Yeah. Um, and I, I, what are your thoughts as you look back on that and, and his career and, and what it's meant to tennis? Well, first of all, just work on your uh, tribute speech for me next time. Uh, the Fed one was uh, mm -hmm. you teared up. Yeah, during mine was uh -huh. uh, a quick couple minutes, but no, okay. yeah, we'll work on I've, that. Next I've time. got more. Uh, don't worry, I could go in, in for on for yours Fed or if, uh, on me. Okay, yeah, if, if yeah, need yeah. be. No, it's okay. okay. Let's not bring up our you know <laughs> weathered friendship and okay. start in Charlottesville. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, yes, Fed. He's he's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just. There's not many times that tennis is brought up without Federer's name being brought up. You know, the only other person that's going to compete in this capacity, which I, I just, you know, sad for whatever it is, just won't have the the Federer charisma is Serena. You know, the Serena's name is brought up, uh, you know, at that kind of transcending tennis into so many other facets. Yes. Federer does it, but at this, more of this godlike, like, if you are in this... <laughs> vicinity it's it's yeah i mean you're you're in hollow grounds right now like you have to respect that and you know whether you know you saw who i forgot who it was like tommy paul they were talking about in davis cup a little bit like when you're when you're hearing players speak about it yeah i mean even if you ask me if there's I, I would love nothing more than to be playing a match against rafael nadal it's always been a dream of mine just mm -hmm. to feel that to feel what it's like against him but if a player hasn't played either Federer, Federer or Nadal. They want to play Federer. You know, mm. it's just, you know, it's always, you can't measure what it is that Federer has. You can't measure how it equates in real life influence. But it's Federer. You know, it's yeah. like one of those things where I, you know, I got up. It was about to be the coin toss. <laughs> Besides my now fiance. I have not looked into somebody's eyes so <laughs> deeply and and with so much passion. Yeah. Then then I did with Federer that day. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that it, it looked like I was looking at a TV mm. in real and there and it's tough to describe it. So, you know, when when the guy was staring at me while I was taking a sip after I broke him the third, as much as I eat that up and that's like 
my fucking that's fuel to the fire for me i was just like i just pissed off fetter but yeah. who's fetter and why am i here like it could have been anybody else and i truly believe i could be on the court with anybody but this had nothing to do with tennis this was just what he has become as a person and there are very very few athletes in the past millennium that have done what he has and mm-hmm. And it shows. I mean, it shows just how people respect him, how they talk about him, and his fucking sponsors. <laughs> yeah, know? right. You know, you could put it in – if you want to put it in true terms, just look at the people he's brought around and the people that have stuck by him. It's, it is pretty amazing. Um, you know, and I, I – I, Abigail Johnson, who's a friend of mine, commentator mm-hmm. in, in Great Britain, made, made the point last week, and it's, it's a fantastic one. I don't think – I don't think Novak and Rafa would get to the same heights had Roger not been there as the the bar. Um, he pushed them to nth degree, um, and they then pushed him. And the three of them just took tennis to this other level because you know Roger was there, and then it was just right. like, okay, now we've got a rivalry, and we're going to push and push and push. Um, and it's just we 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 benefited so much. From we him. have Alcaraz now, you know, that's, yeah, that's how right. it works, you know, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, everybody says, you know, Rafa, they want to win slams, Novak. I think they just want to beat the shit out of Fed, you know. I think that, <laughs> that's what it really came down to. They were watching this guy who doesn't sweat, yeah, who looks like a fucking ballerina out there, and they're like, I'm not going to be that, so I have to beat it, and I have to mm-hmm. find a way how to do that. Yeah. And, you know, Rafa found his, I'm going to be, you think it's a brick wall? No, 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 this is an unmovable force. And then Novak's, you know, I'm going to be rubber band man that's not going to get tired. And, yeah. you know, these people found their niche because they were forced into something to say, hey, it's not good enough just to be the greatest of this, you know, couple of years that I'm playing. No, I, I have to beat Roger Federer yeah. and that's going to force me to take the chance because I, I think they were risking the player they were, you know, that whole saying, the player they are today for something they yeah. could become. Yeah. And 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 Rafa and Novak did that and and became you know <laughs> the next bar of what tennis needed to be and you know uh, there are a lot of players that are thankful for that but obviously we only see at the top of the sport but they changed tennis and so many people in their memories of of roger when he made the announcement so many people just said he's the one that made them love the sport i mean i count myself uh, among them um i have the utmost respect and love for all three of those champions, um, that the big three. But Roger was the one watching him. It took my passion for the sport to a to a different level because it was something that I'd never seen before. Yeah. Um, and that's I'm I'm not alone in that. That was just something I saw so much on social media, and that is. I think that's ultimately going to be the legacy, right? Like uh, he's he's going to be surpassed in so many of the records that he he has with Novak playing for another five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, more than likely, all of those records are going to be surpassed. But I I think that's the thing that's going to be left is his the way he played, the way he just who he was made people love tennis more than anything, and that's something that yeah. I, it will never be surpassed in my mind. Yeah, for me, it was how he affected non-tennis fans. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. we could always, you know, you go to the true tennis fanatics and they're going to tell you, you know, how much they love <laughs> Goldbus. Yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, I'm just right. making up a name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how the fuck Golbus was the first one that comes to my head. Um, Alberto Berisategui was mine. <laughs> that was like, that was the first guy I was like, that's my dude. But it's like, <laughs> God, we need a break. Um, but no, it was, it was how they saw him. And, you know, we, we use the word transcend, but it was, it was more just, God, I watched Federer and I knew nothing, but guy's just like majestic you know and mm-hmm. it was just like him and that's you know i think we're, we're seeing a little bit in alcarez of just that athleticism and what that's bringing from other sports and for this it was like he's taking a sport that we know is pretty damn tough and making it pretty damn easy yeah and with so much confidence but also like he's kind of humble like like what yeah. are we doing and then it's oh wait he has everything but he's nice and he seems graceful. And now Anna Wintour is, you know, it's just like you're yeah, going yeah. for all these things. And, and when I was listening from, you know, from the outside perspective, I was like, he is influential, you know, beyond yep. anything. And, and he is, in the eyes of other people, have taken tennis to another step. And that's and, it. And pretty um, – my, my memories of, of Roger will also include some – I mean, he's, he is a bit of a, a locker room jokester as well. Um, from what you've told me, and I, I, those are obviously things that are kept, uh, you know, between players and inside that locker room. But it, uh, just hearing some of the stories from other players, it just he is he is very much just a just a guy. Yeah. Um, and there's something to be said for that. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I, you know, there's a lot of you know when you when you spoke about going out on his own terms, you know, I people a lot you know relate to like a Brady, you know, of mm, sorts, mm-hmm. and yeah. You know what? I think he's okay. You know, I think he really is. I think he's come, you know, I think it it took a while for him to get there and say, my body's really not getting back into it at the level I need it to be. I think he needed that. I think Brady needs that, (laughs) you know, in a sense of saying you you have one too many concussions or or you just took one too many hits. Like, take a step back. So I think for Fed, because on the Brady side, it's this lingering I don't think is great for the end of his career where Fed is like, oh, my God, we feel so bad. He's going on this. This is here's the Labor Cup. Here's a possible farewell tour. He did all he could, you know, yeah, and, right. and, and it's over. I think there's there is a tight knit, you know, end page end chapter to this. Um, yeah, I mean, it was funny because when I played him in 2017, that was when people thought he was retiring. You know, he came back from. I thought injury. he was retiring in 2012. Well, I mean, what? I mean, True, like, you sure. know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know, he had that long out in 2016. There was no way he was coming back, and then he had. Yeah. I mean, Aussie, year, Miami, right. Indian, yeah, you know, Wimby, and we're like, okay, and also, yeah, here he is. He did what he could, and you know, as much as we talk about change in tennis and everything. I put him to the side. You know, how much more can I ask of the guy, you know, to do for the sport of tennis? You know, he, as much as if it may not be a conscious effort, he, he's elevated the sport to, to heights that, you know, we really don't have, <laughs> you know, we can't have the entitlement to ask for more. We really can't. Um, I, we were going to talk about the changes for the Challenger Tour, but yeah. um, we were, we're not going to do that. We'll move that to another podcast maybe next next week. Uh, it'll give us a reason to talk um, next week. So, um, you know, because we don't normally do that too well. Um, I guess I want to leave with this. Um, mm-hmm. What 
what will you miss most um, about tennis or the tour? You know, in, in terms of your retirement, what are you going to miss? What do you think is going to be the hardest thing for you to kind of separate yourself from? Yeah, I mean, because tennis encompasses, you know, the physical, mental, and emotional sides all into one, um, you know, I always spoke about, everybody's like, why, you know, why why the tears, you know, after a match or after winning a slam? I was like, A, it's a fucking tough tournament. <laughs> but B, it's it's the accumulation of everything that's taken place in our lives. It's It's the fight. It's the effort. So, you know, the little wins that I've had throughout my career – I think that's that's the miss is do I know or, or do I think I could find that in something else? I'm not sure, you know? So, you know, it, it's the lowest lows that then because you overcome those and you surpass the boundaries, you get through that and you are putting yourself in places that were so fucking uncomfortable for so long and you did overcome that in a small time that – elation and that relief and that excitement is is overwhelming and and there is a feeling that comes with that um you know on the other side it's those are tough to come by you know yeah. and, and you're and you're sacrificing a lot for those to come um you know i was fairly successful as a professional tennis player and very rarely had success. <laughs> you know, as, if you want to talk about it like that, I mean, you know, as much as the junior career was great and I would say that was more successful than not the pros, you know, I'm, I'm losing most of my matches, you know, and, and, and that's just how the cookie crumbles. So for me at the end, it was a simple math equation where uh, it just wasn't tilting in the right direction. The weights weren't going in the form of the, you know, euphoric winning feeling wasn't enough for the hardship journey and the travel and the losses and the sacrifices. I, I'm tired of sacrificing at the level that I was, you know, I'm missing out on, on important events and leaving my family behind. And it was, it was enough for me right now, but that doesn't mean that if I have a little bit more stability in the next year or two that I wouldn't have another go. Well, to quote um, the great Andy Murray, uh, I'm not fucking done. <laughs> uh, I will. I'm. I'm sticking around. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let the sadness of of losing you, um, you know, bring me down. Uh, obviously, you're leaving the podcast with you not being a player anymore. Um, so that will be hard for all of us. I know. Uh, you'll um, enjoy your time with Chris, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? The, the meme that came to mind was the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> That's like, um, but, no, uh, but yeah, I, I will I will miss I will miss having you out on tour. Yeah. I, I really will. That will be that will be difficult. Um so start coaching or something, huh? Yeah, I mean it, again, it doesn't mean uh I don't know. I I because people ask me, hey, you get a coach on tour? And I was like yeah, let's it's travel for less money. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I think there at, are, at least you know, it's stable money. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, know, you do know what you're going to get. There is something to be said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but there's a 180 percent increase in Challenger Tour, so we'll talk yes. about that next week. But with that being said, um, yeah, I mean, I a lot of my love for tennis was affecting people, seeing the look on their faces when I ran out on ball that they didn't think uh, a taxi cab can get to and, and cheering and, you know, shooting my shit with the people and the fans and, and the stands. Um, but 
that wasn't happening enough for me. And, and I see that when I'm helping out a, you know, a 12 year old kid with a question or somebody that's just coming on tour or even, you know, a 50 year old fanatic that's getting on the court for the second time. I found that love there even more at times than, you know, these challenger or even ATP matches that I've had 30 or 40 people watching and, you know, I'm playing for, for not much on the line. So, uh, I think I'm excited for what's going to come next. There's a lot there and going to have to channel that a little bit, but We'll still be friends. I don't know if we ever were. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, more on the podcast next week um, about the challenger changes. Yep. Um, and then I'm actually headed to yeah, Tiburon your- the week wow. after. Yeah. I, I honestly, if there was any fucking tournament for me to pop by <laughs> with my housing there, incredible yeah. people, beautiful place. Fuck it, I might come. It is freezing though. It's freezing in the morning. In the morning, it is chilly. Just uh, you just can stay, come. Yeah, you you really should. Yeah, that would should. be one to just come hang out. Yeah. And plus, if you if you show up on Sunday, you you get to see Marnie. I'm in. Okay. Okay. I'll see you there. But yeah, we'll have a podcast next week, and then I'm nailing down Jason Kubler for the week after. This guy's been ducking me. Yeah, he has been. He he, he acknowledges a few matches on grass, and he acknowledges boom. that he owes me a podcast. You see, first step is acceptance, but yes. now we're we're past that. Now, <laughs> now he's using that as a scapegoat, and yes, that's is. not okay. <laughs> and you need to grow a mohawk because I am dying. It's my coming hair back. I'm doing gray. it. Oh wow, I'm doing it. Okay, I'm doing yeah. it. Uh, starting oh. starting in November. Okay, do you think that's going to be ready for Aussie or how is that going to look? I think by the next November. <laughs> there might be an inch of growth <laughs> on all sides. Okay. Yes. No, the side. Uh, yeah. Nobody okay. wants. Nobody nope. cares. Nope. Have a great week, everybody. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels, whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. The Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.